The Bleed Smart Sportscast is brought to you by SunMaxBatteries.com, the go-to website for all your battery needs. SunMax Batteries carries a full line of super heavy-duty ultra-outline lithium and button cell batteries. SunMax Batteries compares in quality to well-known national brands, and the best part, SunMax Batteries are priced much lower than their competitors. Flashlights, remote controls, gaming controls, headphones, digital cameras, hearing aids, smoke alarms, whatever device you need a battery for, SunMax has the best batteries at the best price for your device. You can order a 24-pack of AA or AAA heavy-duty batteries for only $5.99 or a 24-pack of ultra-alkaline, ideal for all kinds of gaming and high-tech devices at just $12.99. Order today and use coupon code BOSTON at checkout. That's coupon code BOSTON, all uppercase at checkout, and save 20% off your entire order. 20% off those already low prices. Once again, that's coupon code BOSTON, all uppercase at checkout, and save big today. Sunmaxbatteries.com, C-E-L-L-M-A-X-Batteries.com, the official sponsor of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys podcast. Thanks to Dolly Dreams, as always, for the intro music. This week, we're joined by one of our Patriots writers over at Guy Boston Sports, Anastasia Kilimos. And Anastasia, you're going to have to tell me if I'm saying that right, because uh, I know I know you're a huge Giannis guy, Greek guy, so I don't know if I, I got that name right or if I completely butchered it. Um, but I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, pretty close. It's Anastasios. But uh, yeah, it's uh, as, as Greek as it gets. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be a part of the show. Right up there with Giannis Antetokounmpo in terms of names that are difficult to pronounce, I gotta say. You, you know, you might not be as, as good as Giannis in a lot of things, but you, you stack up uh, against Giannis in that category. So I'll give that one to you. Anyway, we're, we're going to talk about Patriots. A lot of stuff to discuss after that preseason game and ahead of a few deadlines tomorrow that we're going to get into. Um, the 53-man roster deadline, which also means it's going to be the deadline for the Patriots to activate a few key players off of PUP, or else those guys will miss the first six games. We'll get into all of that in a second, but I think the place to start and the discussion around New England this entire preseason has been Mac Jones. Uh, what Just after seeing the three preseason games, hearing what we've heard out of camp, what have you thought of Mac Jones so far in this first taste of him, in the first taste of him in NFL action? Well, I think the scouts hit it, hit the nail on the head when it came to uh, his pre-draft notes. Every scout kept using the term NFL ready, pro ready, um, that you could plug him into a pro system and out of all the rookie quarterbacks, he would be the most ready to perform at some level. Um, and I think you're seeing that 100% so far in the preseason. Um, I don't think Mac Jones, he's making the throws as flashy or as the, the highlight reel throws like a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields, but he's making the most pro-ready throws, the throws that may not be the sexiest on screen, but they're the ones that you expect a veteran quarterback to make. And he's making all the right throws. He's been very smart with his decision-making. Um, Pro Football Focus gave him the highest uh, preseason grade of all the rookie quarterbacks. And I think it shows when you watch him, he looks so poised uh, in the pocket. Now, you don't usually see that from a rookie quarterback. I think a lot of that you have to attribute to Nick Saban coming from Alabama, which was a very uh, pro-ready offense, pro-style offense at Alabama. So making that transition from Bama to the New England Patriots, I think you're seeing that transition happen seamlessly. And uh, he just looks so comfortable in that position. He doesn't look afraid. You know, Justin Fields the other day, I watched some throws. You could see the nerves. The same goes for Trey Lance and Trevor Lawrence. But when it comes to Mac Jones, I really haven't seen at all this preseason him look nervous or look uncomfortable. He looks ready to lead an NFL offense. And you mentioned his poise in the pocket. And I think one of the times when that stood out a couple times he had that throw to Gunnar Olszewski, and I believe it was the the Philly game. Uh, it might have been the Washington game. Either one of those games that that uh, where he has the defender bearing down on him. That you know, for most rookie quarterbacks, for most quarterbacks maybe even in the league, would have been a strip sack. But he is able to hold onto the ball, step up in the pocket, and make a great throw to Gunnar Olszewski between two defenders. And then last night, a couple of times he has defenders bearing down on him, and he had the pass to Asi Asi where he's still able to complete it. Um, and, you know, he, those plays are plays that, that, to your point, you don't see a rookie make. And that th- shows his, his pocket presence and his awareness. And that's something that is not easily taught. You see a lot of guys get to the NFL level, especially successful college players. It's just a different level of defender bearing down on you, a different type of athlete. 
and they can't handle it. And you see, I mean, you remember the Sam Darnold comment. I mean, he's, he's the guy that's immediately popping into my head throughout this this whole time of explaining this this type of player. Where he remember when he was playing the Patriots, and he says he's seeing ghosts. And that ha- that's not just a Sam Darnold thing. That happens to a lot of guys. They get to the NFL, and they they get shook. It's too much for them. It's and and it doesn't seem that way for Mac Jones, despite the fact it is still just preseason. But he's had some time out there against the ones, and that hasn't shown up. And I think that's incredibly, incredibly encouraging. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think yesterday, too, was really good that the New York Giants kept bringing pressure. It was pressure I don't think he's seen too, too much of in the preseason. They brought the most pressure of all the preseason games on him. They brought a lot of blitz packages against him. And there were a couple times where he got caught, but even in those moments, a rookie quarterback, they could have fumbled. They would force a bad throw. Mac Jones was, like I said, like you said, the Sam Darnold seeing boogeyman. That's not Mac Jones. He was not afraid, stepped into it. You know, he took a couple hits, but that's what I like to see when we're talking about a rookie quarterback is the fact that in the the line of danger, when you have these big, fast NFL linebackers and pass rushers coming at you, how do you react to that? And from Mac Jones, he doesn't look afraid. He doesn't look like the speed of these guys is getting to him. He's making the right throws, and, in, and when he can't throw, he's protecting the football, going down. And like I said, you see a couple of young quarterbacks who will probably, like I remember Josh Allen, his rookie year with the Bills, a couple times, like he'd get under pressure and he would make these crazy, ridiculous throws that made no sense, that would lead to interceptions, that would lead to some really bad looking incompletions. That's not Mac Jones. He's a very smart uh, quarterback for his age. I just want to mention some of Mac Jones' preseason uh, stats, his final preseason line. 97.4 passer rating, very good. Uh, 69.2% completion percentage, one touchdown, no picks, um, and led a couple of different scoring drives. They just happened to run in, which is obviously going to be a theme with the Patriots this season. It's been a theme in years past um, of them being able to punch it on the goal line, running the ball, and uh, I'm sure Ramondre Stevenson might help to that to some extent. We might talk about that a little bit later in his role uh, in that running back group. Uh, maybe he gets the redshirt year like a lot of rookies do. Maybe it's Damian Harris. Who knows? But he certainly showed something in the preseason as well. Uh, but from the Mac Jones point of view, I really think that, you know, this this draft went along and, of course, the, the quarterbacks go ahead of him, the four quarterbacks that go ahead of him, and all be- way superior athletically to Mac Jones. And I think, you know, we fell into this thing uh, where, you know, you look at all these these guys that, that can seemingly do, do both. They have the, the, the athleticism to escape the pocket and scramble and, you know, do a lot of the things that you see some of the elite quarterbacks in today's game doing, whether... Uh, that is, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson to some extent or whoever you want to pick out, Aaron Rodgers even. Uh, so, you know, I think that a lot of those guys got that boost from those guys because the up, extra upside of not only being great quarterbacks with great arm strength and great accuracy potentially, but also the athletic side. And that since that half of the game wasn't something that Mac Jones was going to give you, it seemed like it, it caused a lot of people to rate him lower as a prospect. And I think that what we are seeing so far is those comparisons you've heard to you know Andy Dalton and uh, players of the like may have been selling Mac Jones a little bit short because you know when, and I, I came across it the other day when I, I heard someone talking about it on the radio that uh, Andy Dalton's completion percentage in his rookie season was was under 60 percent and I could I, I can't see if Mac Jones was to play and play a considerable amount this season I couldn't imagine his completion percentage being that low and I think that, you know, one of the things we should come away thinking here is people thought, you know, there's no way Mac Jones' ceiling could be very high because, why, you know, all these teams passed on him, these four quarterbacks go ahead of him, and what, what really could Mac Jones be at his best? And I think that what we're, what's kind of playing out in front of our eyes is that if you don't really need that athletic side in today's game as much as people made it out to, to sound or to feel like. You know, you, as, as much as you, the Patrick Mahomes of the world are great and, you know, they're, they're, being able to do both is amazing and Russell Wilson and everything like that, you don't need it to be an elite quarterback in the NFL. And I'm not saying Mac Jones is that yet, but I think people kind of making his ceiling lesser because he doesn't have that element to his game was ultimately wrong. It you know you don't need that to be a great quarterback in today's NFL, even in the in its current state. I think you hit you hit the nail on the head on that one. Um, you know I think nowadays Patrick Mahomes, in in the same way that Steph Curry in basketball revolutionized the game, I think Patrick Mahomes, the Russell Wilsons, the Lamar Jacksons, they've led this sort of revolution of the quarterback position, where now we expect our quarterbacks 
to be able to run, to be able to make these acrobatic throws on the run, off balance, off their back foot, cross body. Um, but people forget for the longest time it was the quarterbacks like the Tom Brady's, like the Peyton Manning's, uh, like the Ben Roethlisberger's, who are not so nimble on their feet, who are not the quickest guys, the best athletes. You know, those were the guys who dominated the game of football through the 2000s. And I think because of this little revolution of quarterbacks, and I'm not saying having that skill set is not great. It's a huge asset. It's a huge advantage to have that. But I think nowadays we now as fans are saying, are expecting that our quarterbacks from now on have to be like this. They have to be able to run. They have to be able to make these kinds of throws. And I think what people forget is for the longest time football wasn't that. You can still dominate the game without having uh, run a, a, a great 40-yard dash or being able to to throw off your back foot cross body into a def- like Josh Allen, you know, Russell Wilson, Patrick, all these guys they're great and all, but you can still be a great quarterback in this league without that skill set, without those tools. And the thing with Mac Jones is what he lacks in those areas he makes up for with his IQ, with his decision making. He's a very accurate passer. Like you said, his completion percentage during this preseason was unbelievable. And I think those comparisons to Andy Dalton in, in that like was very unfair. Um, yes, athletic-wise, you can compare them. Yeah, Andy Dalton's not beating anyone in the race, nor is Mac Jones. But Mac Jones as a passer is far superior coming into the league than Andy Dalton was. Um, I think being, you know, Mac Jones, I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't know what he could be, but he has the potential to be a really great game manager. He's not, I don't know if Mac Jones will necessarily be the guy who comes out and makes the great fourth quarter amazing throw. But he's the guy who's going to move the ball down the field. He's going to get first downs. He's going to put you in a position to win the game. And when you have a team like the New England Patriots, who it's really a lot about the system. It's about Bill Belichick. It's about the defense. You don't necessarily need um, a Patrick Mahomes to succeed. Now, obviously, would you succeed with that? Of course. But you can succeed with a quarterback like Mac Jones who doesn't have those athletic tools because – he fits so beautifully into the system. And with Josh McDaniels, it's perfect. And I do think he is going to become such a natural fit with Josh McDaniels in this offense. It's, you know, I don't like to keep comparing him to Brady because I think that's an unfair comparison to put a young quarterback like Mac Jones in the shadow of someone like Brady. But watching them play side by side, watching a young Brady and young Mac Jones, there's a lot of similarities to like. And I think when you see how much success Tom Brady had over the years, I'm not saying Mac Jones will reach that level of six Super Bowl wins and nine Super Bowl appearances, but I do think he can be a quarterback who can win a lot of games for this team in the coming years. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, let's let's keep it on planet Earth. I know you're not saying the Brady thing, but I mean, look at some other pocket passers that have been, you know, successful even in recent years. Like one guy, and I don't know that the comparison totally tracks, but there are other guys that are true pocket passers and don't have that athletic element that have had great success recently. I mean, one that stands out is Matt Ryan, who just, you know, uh, what, four or five years ago, won NFL MVP, and he's, you know, he's far from Patrick Mahomes athletically or Josh Allen athletically. Like, those guys still exist. And, you know, Matt Ryan's team has fallen off a little bit in in, in recent years, but I don't think that's any indictment on him specifically. You know, people uh, have kind of mentioned Kirk Cousins, and I think Kirk Cousins has become... A little underrated. Like, if Mac Jones can fall somewhere in that range of, like, just better than Kirk Cousins around the level of, you know, whether it be a Stafford or a Matt Ryan, like, that, then you have yourself a guy that's potentially going to be top 10 quarterback year in and year out. So, if that's what you have on your hands, then that's going to be uh, fantastic for the Patriots for years to come. And another guy that, you know, comes to mind. Carson Palmer, even when in his later years, especially with the Cardinals, was was very successful. So I think that, you know, and a lot of those guys I mentioned too, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Carson Palmer, I and I don't want to go too far with this again, but I already see a better demeanor and a better way that, that of which he carries himself that Mac Jones has than any of those guys. So the fact that those guys can have success with their talent and their you know skill level and their kind of prototype of quarterback and I think Mac Jones' mentality is better. That that is what's kind of driving this this train and driving this uh, whole narrative to me that Jones can be a, a special special player for the Patriots. Yeah, I, I like the Kirk Cousins one. I like the fact that you also mentioned that his sort of demeanor is stronger. I think that's the problem with Kirk Cousins, why he's gone underrated, 
is the fact that he is a really underrated quarterback in terms of his skill. If you really look at the numbers, Kirk Cousins over the last five years has been one of the better quarterbacks in the game of football. The problem is that in those big moments, we all know what happens in those big games under the bright lights. Kirk Cousins sometimes seems to, to fade away. He seems to dip under the pressure. And I do agree with you where I see when I look at Mac Jones and I see how he carries himself and I see his attitude and his personality, I don't see that. I see the skill set of a Kirk Cousins, but with the with the mindset and the wanting to win of someone like a Matt Ryan who has played in a Super Bowl, um, like one of these other quarterbacks. So I do like the Kirk Cousins comparison. I also really love the Matt Ryan comparison. But you hit it again, not right the nail right on the head with, you know, you don't need there's a lot of quarterbacks. In today's game still, even though they're a little bit older, some of them, like Matt Stafford, like Matt Ryan. And by the way, just in terms of the demeanor thing real quick, Matt Jones also, I know it's just college, but he won a national championship. Like, he did it against the biggest stage against the best college teams there, too. So that adds to that whole thing of, of him having a different mindset and kind of a winning mentality to an extent. I know a lot of guys have won national championships in college that have never gone on to do anything, but just add that to the list. Yeah, well, and you know what? I, I know, like you said, there's a lot of guys who have won national championships who went to the NFL and didn't accomplish much more. But in the case of Mac Jones, I do think coming from a national championship winning team at Alabama, coming from a culture that is defined um, by winning at Alabama with Nick Saban and now bringing that to the NFL, it does bring a level of importance having that background. So when you come to the league now, you, all you know is winning. I mean, he's Mac Jones has been a very successful quarterback. Even when he was a backup, all he knows is winning. So now when you get to the NFL, he's going to look to replicate that. He's going to look to keep playing up to that standard. So I, I agree with you 100% that coming from Alabama, coming from a national championship winning team, it's definitely adds to that demeanor and adds to that um, level of competitiveness that he's not going to settle for subpar. He's he's used to being one of the best, and he's going to strive to continue to be one of the best. I think that skill-wise, Matt Ryan is a really good comp for him, a really good ceiling. I think demeanor-wise, I think he can be a little bit tougher than Matt Ryan. He's a little bit a little bit bulkier. It seems like already I know people already want him to, to put on some weight and get in the weight room and everything like that. Matt Ryan's always kind of been a little frail and it seems like he's you know and he, he hasn't you know had many injury issues throughout his career but he, he seems you know you, you would never guess that he's 6'4 but I think that you know we say Matt Ryan people think about him wilting in the Super Bowl not and not so much the MVP he was and who he was in his prime and everything like that but I think if that that's the level of skill you can get from from Mac Jones and he's not going to have those issues where he wilts in big moments like a Cousins like a Matt Ryan then you're talking about a, a guy that People should be, you know, expecting to to reach great heights in New England, um, and and I hope he, he's able to get there. But now the question becomes, what do you do with him? What is the plan? How do you manage him over this next year? And a lot of people think he should start. I think he's better than Cam Newton right now. But is there an argument for having him sit out a year because of the history of success that certain quarterbacks have had? who have sat for a year and been a backup and been groomed that way. So I've got a lot of backlash on this because I'm one of, I think, a few who are rooting for Cam Newton to be the week one starter. And let me start by saying, if Mac Jones is the week one starter, I will not be upset in the slightest. I do think if you plug him in right away, he can be successful. That being said, with all the moves New England made in the offseason, all the signings, all of the draft picks, all the moves that were made, it very much seems like Belichick really was trying to get this team in a position to get back into the playoffs, to get back into contention right away. And although Mac Jones, as we've talked about, is pro-ready, and I do think he'll be able to win you games early, I think that Cam Newton just brings something experience-wise that Mac Jones will not be able to bring right away. And I think Cam Newton has kind of been written off a little bit because I've heard a lot of people say he hasn't looked great this preseason and Mac Jones has completely outplayed him. And although Mac Jones has looked great and I could even argue that he's looked better, Cam Newton really hasn't had the sample size that Mac Jones has had. You know, last night against the Giants, Cam Newton only played on two drives. He threw the football five times. Mac Jones played most of the game through 14 pass attempts. You know, Cam Newton really hasn't gotten a ton of opportunity in the preseason, mainly because he doesn't have to. He's a proven veteran. Um, he doesn't really have to play for that. I truly believe if the Patriots are serious about making the playoffs this year, 
I think you have to at least start with Cam Newton to see what he can bring to the table. And listen, if after a couple weeks Cam Newton looks like last year's Cam Newton, by all means, pull the trigger and throw Mac Jones in there. But I think if New England seriously wants to get into the postseason, and who knows what happens at that point, but if they want to get back into the playoffs, I think putting in a, a steady veteran like a Cam Newton is the right move. Did he struggle in 2020? Absolutely. But there were so many factors that went into his struggling in 2020 that I don't think it's fair to say that he's 100% washed up. Is he going to be the 2015 MVP version we saw in Carolina? No. That version of Cam Newton is long gone as far as I'm concerned. However, there were some things I liked last year from Cam Newton. He showed flashes of a quarterback who could win games and lead you to the postseason. I just think everything that could have gone wrong for him last season went wrong. He got signed like four weeks before the start of the season. No preseason, no time to get used to a very complicated offense, which was very different from the one he ran in Carolina his whole career with Ron Rivera. He gets there. He starts off pretty strong. Then COVID hits. He misses time from that. He comes back. We don't know what kind of condition he was health-wise recovering from COVID. He plays poorly. His confidence starts to go down. The team around him crumbles. He had probably the worst receiving core in the league last season. All of these things came together. And at the end of the day, with all of this, with the lack of talent on the defense between the opt-outs, the departures in free agency, the injuries, the team still went 7-9. and nine. And they lost a couple games like in Week 2 versus Seattle and the first matchup versus the Bills against the Broncos, there were a couple games where in the final two minutes, they have the ball in the red zone with an opportunity to win the game, and they fell short. But what that tells me is if this team last year with Cam Newton leading the charge won seven games, and we're really two minutes away from winning th at least two more, maybe even three more games, imagine now he's got a full year in the system, he's got a better team around him. I want to see what Cam Newton can do with this year's Patriots team, with this experience being had in the offense. And like I said, if after two, three weeks he looks like last year's Cam Newton, by all means, let's get Mac Jones in there and see what he can do. But I don't think there needs to be a rush for Mac Jones. I think as long as you have Cam Newton on the team, why not, let's, why not use him and see what he can do? Worst case scenario, you have a 2020 Miami Dolphins scenario where they had with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick where you have Cam Newton and Mac Jones, and maybe situationally, you bring each one in. But I would like to at least see for week one, Cam Newton get the start. I don't think he's done anything in the preseason that's made him lose the job. I think it's just Mac Jones played so well that people want him in. And I totally understand that, but I do want to see Cam Newton at least start the season off as the guy. And that, that was... A great, you know, explanation of the short-term view of it, the one-year view, and how it's gonna go down with Newton, and uh, whether Newton should be the choice over Mac Jones, and making the case for Newton to be the choice over Mac Jones, just on the, on a level that has relates to the future, in almost no sense. But now I want to know, in in addition to that, what is what do you think is best for the long-term future of Mac Jones? If you want Mac Jones to be the best player he can be. Do you think it matters that he sits year one, or do you think that it doesn't matter, you can just roll him out there, he'll be the player he's going to be no matter what? So, I mean, listen, no matter what, getting him those big game reps, getting him to play with a first team and not guys like Christian Wilkinson and Isaiah Zuber, who maybe won't be with the team, getting him more reps with the guys like Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne would probably help his production along the way. But, like I said, I just don't see a time pressure. I think New England next season, a lot of these guys who are on the team now will be there next year. Um, I just don't really see the need to rush him. Obviously, if you get him out there now, I'm sure the added reps, he would benefit from that. I just feel like a quarterback like Mac Jones, because he's already sort of ready, he's not like a raw product. Like Mahomes, when he first came in from Texas Tech, I think he was kind of raw. And I think if you had thrown him out there too soon, it could have ruined his confidence. Mac Jones, I don't see that happening. You could put him in now. You could put him in later. I don't really see the, like when you put him in being an issue. If they put him in a year from now or they put him in now, I think either way he'll be comfortable. The benefit of sitting him this year is just he gets more time to learn the offense. He gets more time to learn from Cam Newton. He gets learn more time to see how the NFL is, the speed of the game, and, and what he needs to do. But you know that's one of the tough things for me and my argument for Cam Newton is there isn't as strong of an argument for why Mac Jones should sit a year because he really is a guy who I think if you put him in now, he could be successful. 
I just think that Cam Newton gives a higher ceiling for this immediate season. And what it's going to come down to is what is Belichick's vision for the year? What is his goal? If Belichick really wants to try and go to the playoffs and win this year, and you know, the AFC is tough, but you never know. The Patriots have a lot of talent on this team now, especially on the defensive side. You never know what could happen. If he's serious about winning now and trying to get to the playoffs and do something, I still think Cam Newton's the guy. I think Mac Jones in those bigger games as a young player, you know, I don't know what that would look like. You know, when no matter what, even though he's pro ready, if you're going up against the Chiefs and you're going up against the Bucks and you're going up against these teams, I don't care. Even even veteran quarterbacks probably have some nerves going up against defenses like that and teams like that. So um, with, when it comes to Mac Jones and when he should start, what would the benefit be of him sitting? It's the same benefit I think that a lot of other young quarterbacks get. The more time you get to sit back and watch, the more time you get to learn and be more groomed and ready. But like I said, in the case of someone like Mac Jones, I don't think he needs the grooming as much as others. Like Trey Lance, for example, I think it'd be the best thing to sit him for a year. Watching his preseason tape, he has a lot to like, but he is very raw in his game. And I feel like sitting him behind Garoppolo for a year is the move they should make because he looks very raw. He has a lot of things to work on and groove in his game. Mac Jones, not so much, but still, no matter what, um, there's still more to learn. There's still more to improve upon. So him sitting a year, it's not going to hurt him. I think that's the at the end of the day, that's where I'm coming from is whether you put him in now or you put him in a year from now, it's not going to hurt his development. Um, I think the only thing it will do is help, if anything. Well, I think this narrative is out there in the NFL that the idea of sitting a quarterback year one is very beneficial to his development. That, you know, you look at, oh, look at, Aaron Rodgers, look at Patrick Mahomes, look at how all these guys turned out, right? And like how, you know, oh, it, it must be such a luxury and such a, a benefit to all of these guys to be able to sit year one and then, you know, be able to come out in year two with all this experience. It must have some, there must be some sort of correlation there, right? Because that's what Aaron Rodgers did and that's what Patrick Mahomes did. And of course, Rodgers sits more than year one. But I want to ask you, and it's, it's funny that it's worked out this way, but uh, and, and it's, maybe that gives you the wrong idea of what I'm going to ask you. But um, last year, Jordan Love does not start a game. Uh, you know, he's the one of the only rookie quarterbacks in, in a long time to not start a game his rookie season. When do you think the last time, that, or at least in the first round, uh, for, of a first round rookie quarterbacks, I should say. So when do you think the last time a rookie quarterback taken in the first round didn't start a single game his rookie season? Gee, that's a good question. Um, I mean, going back through, uh, Mahomes sat most of his rookie year, but he did make some, he, I think he started maybe the last week. He did start the last week. On the spot, I can't remember. And, and, and that point is a good point. When was the last time a first-round quarterback sat that long? Um but I think it also has to do with the, the situation of uh, the team. You know, Tua Tagovailoa last year started on the bench. I think the reason he came in was because Ryan Fitzpatrick struggled. And I think that's a big reason why a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, the reason they're thrown in earlier than they than expected, I think is because the teams don't have a great quarterback situation. So let me let me with. cut you off real quick because I first of all before I I, I want to add a point to what you were just saying, but. I'm going to press you for an answer. I do want you to take a guess. Just take a guess of whatever first-round quarterback you want. From I'll, I'll tell you it's it's within the last 10 years, but maybe 11. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was 2012, and he came out right away. Um, so I'll tell you right now. I'll even, I'll even give you a, a little bit of help. I'll give you a little bit of help. This was the quarterback taken right after Cam Newton. Not directly after, not with the second pick, but he was the next quarterback selected after Cam Newton. You know what? I'll even give you the other first round names. The first pick was Cam Newton. The 10th pick was Blaine Gabbert. And the 12th pick was Christian Ponder. For extra context, Christian Ponder started 10 games his rookie year. Uh, that was, by the way, also the, the Ryan Mallett draft, which is a little extra uh, wrinkle that's kind of fun. Um, Blaine Gabbert started 14 games his rookie year. So even players that you would view you as complete busts start double-digit games if they're taking the first round of quarterback in their rookie oh, season. Oh, I got it. You, you know what? You know what? Now that now that you said, because I'm like, Gabbert was, wasn't the second one taken. That was, that was when Jake Locker was backing up Vince Young, wasn't it? 
Jake Locker was the last quarterback to not start a rookie, uh, the last first round pick quarterback to not start a game in his rookie season. It's been 10 years. It took 10 years for another player, pretty much, for all intents and purposes, a decade for Jordan Love to come along and not start his rookie season. And you mentioned, if I can go back, you mentioned that the reason Tua came in and the reason a lot of these other guys come in is because they don't have an Aaron Rodgers in front of them. And the fact that Jake Locker didn't come in, kind of weird. It was actually Matt Hasselback that was ahead of him that year. It wasn't Vince Young. But kind of weird that Locker didn't come in because typically the reason that a rookie quarterback, typically the reason that a rookie quarterback plays is teams usually, I mean, it's not uncommon for teams to have a plan going into the season of, we're not going to play this guy right away. And maybe their plan is to sit him for the entire season. But it never works out that way. It never does. The rookie quarterback is always called upon because guess what? Usually if you draft a rookie quarterback in the first round, that means you are not comfortable with your current quarterback. And you might not think he's very good. So at a certain point, that quarterback is going to suck enough that your fan base is going to be clamoring for you to put that rookie in because they want to see him. Whether it's Johnny Manziel, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, who else is that with him? I was going to say Tim Tebow, but I don't know if Tebow went in his rookie year. Whether it's EJ Manuel, Blake Bortles, uh, you know... uh, any of these guys, Paxton Lynch even got starts his rookie season. Jared Goff eventually started halfway through that season. So all even Lamar Jackson started towards the end when they had Joe Flacco there. And that was seemingly a situation like the Rodgers one where you have a quarterback you're comfortable with. You have a quarterback that's been with your organization for a long time, but he's aging and you're trying to get the transition ready there. Not the case here. So I think the idea that Mac Jones is not going to start his rookie season is outdated. It doesn't happen as much as people think. If the Patriots did that, they would be an anomaly. It would be a rarity. It's just not something that teams do anymore. They The rookie always starts a game. Always, always, always. It always happens. So if Mac Jones goes his entire rookie season without starting, as much as it seems like a smart play for his long-term future, it that's just not the way it's done anymore. And whether you talk about any of the elite quarterbacks in the league... Look at the top, you know, top rankings of all the quarterbacks, whether it's Russell Wilson, whether it's Patrick Mahomes, whether it's Josh Allen, any of these guys that have come along and are, are the top guys right now, they don't sit their entire rookie season. Uh, Rodgers and Brady, sure. Yep, Rodgers and Brady, uh, that's, it's a different case with those guys, but that's the old NFL. That was a long, long time ago. Nowadays, whether it's, you know, Kyler Murray, any of these guys, they all hop in there, even if they stink, even if they're not any good. Washington puts in Haskins. Uh, Arizona put in Rosen. This is just the way it works now. So the idea that the Patriots are going to be able to go through this entire season where they need a quarterback, that you know where they, they have all this pressure on them because Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl and they, they need to prove that they're going to bounce back and they weren't just a, uh, some, some organization that got lucky with one great player and that's it for the rest next 20 years. They're never going to be good again. If they really want to prove that, they're going to feel that pressure to put in Mac Jones eventually. And that's the way it happens with every organization. You might say, hey, the Patriots aren't going to succumb to public pressure. They're not that team. If any team is going to do it, it's going to be them. And I think you would be right if the Patriots still had Tom Brady. But they don't. When you get into these conversations where it's Tua or Ryan Fitzpatrick or Justin Herbert or Tyrod Taylor or Kyler Murray or Josh Rosen, even though that was back-to-back years, whatever it was. Uh, Daniel Jones or Eli Manning, who's aging. They put in Daniel Jones. They eventually put in Jones half of the season. Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson, they eventually cave and put in Lamar Jackson. Okay? So uh, all these guys get to start. So who knows? I don't know how many games Mac Jones is going to start. It could be one. It could be seven. It could be ten. I don't know. But I'm telling you, it always works out this way. Every NFL team does it. That's just the way business is done nowadays. You start your rookie season. So this fantasy land that people are living in, where this is a way in which NFL teams operate, that's exactly what it is. It's a fantasy. It's not true anymore. So I'd expect Mac Jones to start 
at some point this season. When that is, I can't say. But he will start. Mark my words. Yeah, I don't think it's a wrong take. And, and my more my point of view wasn't like I think he needs to sit for the experience. My more point of view was I just think right now who's a who's better for the team in terms of their chance of succeeding right now. I do think that is Cam Newton. He offers some things that Mac Jones just can't right now. And the reality is, although the receiving core is better and the weapons around the team are better, this is still not a great receiving core. And for a young quarterback, especially when you start playing some better defenses, he could struggle a little bit more. What Cam Newton offers is obviously the ability to run, the ability to use his legs to escape, to make plays with his legs, which is what Mac Jones can't do. When you have a team with an offense like New England's where the receiving weapons around him aren't that great, you do need that extra wrinkle sometimes to do that. So that's more my my take on it. Is It's not about Mac Jones necessarily needing time to develop because, like I said, you could plug him in week one, and honestly, this team is still going to win games. Will they win more games with Mac Jones? If, if Mac Jones starts all 16 games and Cam Newton starts all 16 games, who's going to win more games? I would put my money on Cam Newton, personally. I think if you had to sit them side by side and you said, who gives me the most wins? I think for this year, Cam Newton. Now, if this is next year or like two years from now, I'd have to go Mac Jones. But just for the short term, because Cam Newton, he's been with the team longer. He's, he's, he's a veteran quarterback who's been successful in the past who has some familiarity now with the team. He can use his legs to run out. I think he's he gives New England the best chance to win right now. That being said, though, although I agree with your point that it is an anomaly and nowadays they don't do it as often, I, I think you said it at one point, New England is the team that would probably break that trend because I do think a big difference, and I already kind of mentioned a little bit with the quarterback thing, like how last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick, the reason he got out and Tua came in was because Fitzpatrick really wasn't playing well. New England, now I'm not saying Cam Newton is that good that he wouldn't come out, but New England's in a different scenario than a lot of these teams with rookie quarterbacks because usually a team with this much talent is not drafting a quarterback that high in the draft to play. You know, when you look at a team like the 49ers, for example, they're another team that's kind of rare to see them drafting there because they have a team that you know, is less than two years ago was in the Super Bowl. It's rare that these teams who draft quarterbacks this high have this much talent like New England. And because of that, I feel like the pressure to throw a rookie quarterback in there won't be as strong. Although I could be wrong because already it feels like all of New England is already fighting for Mac Jones to get in there. Um, it's going to be interesting. I if just I think had... you're, you're whistling past the graveyard a little bit, and you're and specifically Cam Newton's tombstone. I mean, the, look, I, I understand that you have faith in him and confidence in him to bounce back and potentially be a better player than he was last season. But the recent evidence we have to go off of is that he was the player he was last season. And every NFL team evaluated him. Uh, every NFL team last year who was coming off an injury said, no, we're going to pass, and the Patriots scooped him up for nothing. He was a free agent again this offseason with the idea coming into it last summer being, I'm going to take this short-term deal with the Patriots, low money, replenish my value, hit free agency next summer, get a big deal. Didn't happen. Still no one wanted him. He returned to Patriots on another low money deal. So with that being the case, I think the evidence that everybody is, is buying into is that Cam Newton is not a good quarterback anymore, and he's not going to be a new, good quarterback. That is evidently what the majority of team scouts around the league believe. So I understand you, you have faith that that's not going to be the case, that Cam Newton is, is, not, is going to be better than he was last season. I'm just going to go off of what we've seen and say Cam Newton is not a good quarterback because that's, that's the most recent sample size I have. And if we, do the league, if we do the quarterback rankings in the entire league, he's near the bottom. He's in the bottom third right now. So by that metric, by the, by the objective metric, Cam Newton is not going to be a good, an elite quarterback this season. And with that being the case... The rookie's going to come in. That's that's just I, I understand what you're saying. New England supposedly would do things differently. We that that was the case again when they had Tom Brady. I think if they had Tom Brady, like the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers, of course Mac Jones wouldn't start his rookie season. He wouldn't. They, they would just bring him along slowly. But since that's not the case, the Patriots are not like that anymore. They were the team that didn't spend big money in the free agency like every other team did when they had Tom Brady. Now they don't have Tom Brady. They go out and spend big money. You know, they, 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 things are changing pretty fast. They, you know, so they, they don't sign these big free agents. Well, now they sign, you know, Hunter Henry and Matthew Judon to big contracts and, you know, uh, uh, John U. Smith to a big contract. So while I, I think I am not, uh, you know, 
I understand where you're coming from in terms of your faith in Newton and saying, hey, he's, he's a guy that has the NFL experience. He's more multidimensional than Mac Jones. If I'm the Patriots right now and I have to say who's better, who had a better preseason, who put the better preseason on tape, honestly and genuinely right now, who do I think is the better NFL quarterback? I have to say it's Mac Jones because as much as we want to say Newton brings these elements to the game, he's not 2015-2016 Cam Newton. He, if, if we make a list of the top 10 mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, I don't think he's in the top five anymore. I would take Kyler Murray over him mobile-wise. I would take Lamar Jackson over him. I would take Patrick Mahomes over him. I would take Josh Allen over him. I would take Russell Wilson over him. And that's just, that's just five. If we did the whole list, there might be a number of other guys I would take over him too. I'm sure I'm missing some people. But that element that we ascribe to Cam Newton of, he's an athletic quarterback. Not as much anymore as he used to be. He had the rushing touchdown numbers last season were good, and he had some. He had a big rush against the Jets that got his yards per, per carry average a little bit higher than it was prior to that. Uh, and, but it still wasn't a great number. So Cam Newton can still do a little of those things. Didn't do them in the preseason. So I mean, and he's a year older. So let's see how much better it could be than last season. I I have my doubts. I mean, like I just said, he. I mean, I understand why you wouldn't do it at all in the preseason. You don't want to get him hurt in a preseason game, but I, we didn't see it, and he's a year older, and he wasn't that great at it last year. So, I, I mean, I, I would love if he, he brought that element to the game and, and we could assume that he's going to rise to those heights again. I'll just believe it when I see it. So, right now, the current evidence we have to go off of is Cam Newton isn't a good quarterback. Mac Jones, the evidence I have to go off of in preseason so far, the, based, on the, based on what I've seen so far, he's a good quarterback. So I think the Patriots will try it. All NFL teams try it. You know, the, the, the Chargers were going to try Justin Herbert over him. Over, uh, over, uh, the Chargers were going to try Tyron Taylor over Justin Herbert. Uh, the, the Ravens were going to try Joe Flacco over Lamar Jackson. Eventually, they all cave. Eventually, it, one by one, over the last 12, 13 years, however long it's been, they all cave. They all play the rookie. And the Patriots will play the rookie. I, I know that Bill Belichick is... is uh, would would be the guy that we'd all say, oh, Bill Belichick isn't going to cave public pressure. He kind of did. I mean, already last offseason when he and when he drafted Mac Jones in the first place, everybody said, no, Bill Belichick isn't going to draft a rookie quarterback first round. Bill Belichick isn't going to spend twelve million a year for Hunter Henry, who's injury prone, or Johnny Smith, or any of these guys. And that's that's changed. So I I expect there this this uh, notion that uh, the the Mac Jones isn't going to play his rookie season. I expect that to change too, even if he doesn't start week one. And I, I honestly wouldn't expect him to. I think they'll give it a shot, like I said. But eventually, things are going to go a certain way, and they're going to throw him out there. That's what I truly believe. Yeah, you make a lot of good points. Uh, there's a lot, like you said, the eye test and everything. All the numbers tell us that Cam Newton, he's washed up. I don't know if I, I just like betting the underdog. I if I love the underdog story. I like taking the long shot bets. Um, the only reason I, I haven't sold all my cam stock yet and why I still hold that little bit of faith that he can come out there and still win games is like I, I already alluded to it a little bit earlier is the fact that, listen, last season, that Patriots team last year, whether you want to put the blame on Cam Newton, I like to put the blame more on the entire team because I think that was the least talented Patriots roster we've seen in my lifetime. I'm, I'm 23 years old. I've never seen a Patriots team that talentless in, in a lot of key positions whether it be, like I said, the opt-outs, the injuries, all these other things. Um, and Cam Newton, with all of that, he got COVID, no preseason. You know, he had his own – he was coming off of a big injury season the year before with the Panthers. His number one receiver – you know, Edelman's gone early on. He was relying on Jacoby Myers, who wasn't proven at the time and still really isn't 100% proven. And Nikhil Harry and, and – um, who, who was their other top receiver last season? I can't even think. It wasn't Dorsett. Um, who was the one from the from Arizona? Oh, uh, oh, you're thinking of Demir Bird. Demir Bird. Yep, Demir Bird. Yeah, their receiving core was just it was so bad to watch. Their receiving core was terrible. The tight end room was atrocious. Even the running back situation wasn't like this year. You know, Sony Michelle battled injuries. Damian Harris missed time. J.J. Taylor was on and off the roster. Rex Burkhead got hurt. The offensive line, David Andrews didn't play. They had they had injuries in the Isaiah Wynn missed time. So on on Cam Newton's side of the ball, that's just Cam Newton's side. We're not even talking about the defense. 
all of these things happen. He gets COVID, all the underperformance and injuries and illnesses and, and all these things, and Cam Newton's poor play in general. And they still managed to win seven games. They were close to winning a couple more. You know, a couple of things go go different. Cam Newton gets over the one-yard line in Week 2 against Seattle, and all of a sudden I think the narrative changes a little bit. If he doesn't fumble on that red zone run against the Bills and they, and they win that game, the narrative changes. I'm not saying Cam Newton's going to be an MVP or that he's even going to last the season. I, if I had to put money on it, Mac Jones will appear at some point. I just think that to sell all my Cam Newton stock and to completely give up on him, and I'm, again, I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, an all-pro or a pro bowler, but could I see Cam Newton being good enough to lead the Patriots to a 10, 11, God forbid, a 12-win season? I think it's it's. I don't want to rule it out yet. Because the thing is, I, I want to give him a fair shot to really show what he can do. Now, if he comes out in the first two, three, four weeks, and he looks like last year's Cam Newton still, where he's throwing balls into the dirt, where he's he, he's holding on too long, then by all means, let's scrap the Cam Newton project, let's let's send him on his way, and let's get Mac Jones in there. But I, I still hold out a, a good amount of hope that Cam Newton can be good enough. And I've seen in the preseason, in the limited amount of time he's played, he's made some great throws. Um, the throw last night to Jacoby Myers, I know everyone, the narrative is, oh, he got picked off. That was a perfect ball. I mean, that, that's not on him. That He fit it in a tight window between two defenders into Jacoby Myers. He had some good speed on the ball. Uh, he had a good velocity on it. Um, you know, right into Myers' hands. Blake Martinez makes a great play on the ball. He strips it out of Jacoby Myers' hands. That's not on Cam Newton in my mind. I think he made a great throw. He can still fit the ball in some tight windows. I want to see what he can do. I The preseason, he just didn't get enough playing time to really see what, what he's going to look like. And in terms of him not running, I don't expect him to run in the preseason just because it's the preseason. Why take that kind of a risk that early on? I do think, you know, he was second, I think second in the NFL last year among quarterbacks and rushing touchdowns. You know, he can still run and he can still be a weapon with his legs. Um... Like I said, the majority is against this, and and I told, and I'm not saying like they're wrong. 100%, I understand why. Mac Jones, for all intents and purposes, has looked incredible this preseason. At times, better than Cam Newton. But I, I don't know what it is in me that makes me see it this way. I just really do believe that Cam Newton, in terms of getting this team to 10, 11 wins into the playoffs, I think Newton's the guy that can do it. Uh, he doesn't have to be at 2015 Cam Newton, not even 2016 Cam Newton. Even if he can show some of those flashes that he showed last season, he can do it more often than that. If he can be a little bit more consistent, I think this team can win games with him. I still think there is a good, not great, but a good quarterback in there. And I know maybe the 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 feeling is let's just get Mac Jones in there. Why even try it? I just think I, I would feel regret and remorse as a Patriots fan to look back and think, what if we did start Cam Newton? What if, what if he could have been the guy to carry us to something better than we thought? What if he could have taken us to the playoffs and maybe won a game or two and get us to the conference championship at the very least? I, I do think the potential is there. I know it's a thin potential. I know it's probably a long shot. There's just something deep down where I don't feel like I got the closure with the Cam Newton chapter in Patriots history that I needed. I, I want to see... Once and for all, can he do it? And I'll probably get my answer early on. Like I said, if after week three, the Patriots are like one and two, and, and Cam Newton's a big reason why, they're going to pull the plug on that whole project. But I do want to at least see, is Cam Newton really done? Is he really a shell of his former self? Or can he still be the guy to lead a team into the playoffs? I'm not ready to kill that yet, but this is it. This is his last shot. If this season, he comes out poor. Cam Newton will probably be a backup for the rest of his career, however longer it lasts. Yeah, I just, I think that you're remembering a different Cam Newton than than is actually the Cam Newton that exists now. I think when you look at Newton's career, he had a few good seasons. He was incredibly inconsistent, but he relied on his athleticism a lot to make him the, the great player he was uh, in Carolina. And I think that athleticism has gone, and with it, any chance of Cam Newton being an elite quarterback. But we'll see. That's what's fun about the season. We had a ton of other stuff we were going to get into, but we just talked about Mac Jones for 50 minutes. So I think we'll pretty much leave it at that. Uh, uh, Anastasios, am I saying, I'm saying it wrong again. I, was it Anastasios? Was that the, the right way to say it? I, 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 you said it, told me, and then it went in one ear and out, right at the other while I thought about everything we were going to talk about. But was, 
Anastasios. Yep. So I got it the second time around. Uh, but thank you for coming on. Really appreciate you making the time. Yeah, Anastasios. I've been called a lot of stuff. Stas, Tasso, Pistachio was my nickname in, when I was in kindergarten because Anastasios was too difficult. I go by a lot of things. The Greek freaks is what a lot of people called me. Fun fact, I actually had the nickname before Giannis did, before he became relevant. So I'm not saying that he stole it from me, but I did have the Greek freak as my Twitter handle pre-2012. Just throwing that out there. Well, you should have you should have gotten the uh, the trademark on it, and you shouldn't. Did you actually have it as your actual handle, and then you gave it up? The Greek freak. Yeah, no, no lie. Uh, I think my, I joined Twitter 2011, and that was my Twitter handle was the Greek freak. And then I remember, obviously, my family's from Greece. I'm a big uh, fan of Greek basketball. I follow the Euro League and the Greek Super League and all these things. So I knew who Giannis was before he was even in the draft. I remember when people when he got drafted, everyone's like, "Who is this guy?" Who, who this kid from Greece? I was going ballistic when the Bucks drafted him. I wish the Celtics had taken him at thirteen. They took Olinik instead. But um, and I remember he they started giving him the nickname the Greek Freak, and I'm like, that's kind of funny. That's my Twitter handle. It's a nice story now. I'm definitely not going to get any money off of that. Should have trademarked it, but I was only twelve at the time. I guess yeah. I guess I, I shouldn't expect a twelve year old to be very uh, caught up on on trademark law, but um. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, guys, you can go follow him. And did I get the last name right too? Kilimos? Is that how you would say that? Kilimos. Kilimos. Okay, okay. You can follow uh, Anastasios on Twitter um, at a Kilimos. Uh, so make sure to, to go check that out. And once again, uh, Anastasios, thank you for, make, for making the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on. We definitely didn't talk about all the things we we're supposed to, but I think honestly, Getting that big debate, Mac Jones versus Cam Newton, I think that's the top storyline in all of New England right now anyways. So I think a whole episode dedicated to that is not a problem at all. I think that's definitely something that uh, is definitely eating all the news stories right now in New England football. So I'm happy we got the chance to really talk about it and not uh, rush it. We got to really explore both sides of the story, both Mac Jones and Cam Newton, who should be the starter, what they're looking like. So really happy you had me on to talk. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much once again. And, guys, thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at by KJ Doyle. Follow the pod on Twitter at Advocate Smart Pod. Check out everything over at Guy Boston Sports. And you can catch me tomorrow. We didn't get some stuff, so I think uh, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to live stream tomorrow, uh, which will be Tuesday after 5 o'clock, which will be after the all the cutdowns, uh, final cutdowns, PP decisions, a lot of big decisions coming for the Patriots. So we'll wait on that. Uh, we'll get to a lot of that tomorrow on a stream on YouTube. So be sure to check that out. And I'll also announce now, guys, that uh, I'm going to be doing some Patriots post-game sh- uh, streams uh, for the season. Uh, we, we, Ev and I have discussed it. Of course, he does the Celtics post-game shows regularly. So I am going to be taking over duties as the Patriots post-game streamer for, for our YouTube channel. So go subscribe. Don't miss those. Those are going to be a whole lot of fun. I'm excited for that. And once again, guys, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you tomorrow, hopefully, for the live stream.